Welcome to the Strengthened by Stories podcast, where we come together as friends to connect and share our lives' experiences to ensure we know we're not alone on this journey we call life. Whether these experiences are anticipated or unexpected, we focus on how we can choose to be strengthened amidst the circumstances that come our way. Thanks for joining us as we share relatable stories that can bring awareness and comfort to everyday life. I'm Janica Segrist, and I hope you'll stick around to be strengthened by stories. Hey, tonight we're here with the Food Nanny, and I'm so grateful that she took the time to be here with us. She is always so warm and friendly, and she makes anyone and everyone feel like a million bucks, like they're the best thing on the planet. (laughs) At least that's how I feel whenever I talk to you, so. Thank you. You're welcome. So I'll let Liz introduce herself and tell a little bit about her backstory, and then we'll just let her wow us with what she had planned to share with us. Okay. So you wanted a little bit of my backstory. First of all, Janica, thank you so much. Um, you're darling. Oh, I met you in um, one of our cooking classes down at Orson Gigi, and it was so much fun. Um, so I really wanted to do this for you. I know what it's like starting out with something, and you have um, a great idea, and your goal is, is so fun. And I just wanted to, I wanted to be one of the first ones to um, help you and to be a part of this because it's it's all about connecting isn't it with people and um, especially people that we instantly have a we feel a connection with and I definitely felt that with you oh, when I met you <laughs> you're sweet I, we love people at the food nanny Lizzie and I and and, and our team we love people and we care about people and that's the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Long story short, about 15 years ago, I sat down to write a book. And of course, at that time, I had no idea if anyone would ever buy my book. I was um, just a house, little housewife who'd been raising seven children. And um, I knew no one who could help me get this book out there. Um, it, I was just going on sheer desire and um, um, I was I was motivated. I was driven to do this. And one of the reasons why was because we had a couple of daughters who were married and they said, Mom, you need to get this meal plan out there. I'm moving around the country and I'm helping so many people with it. And so I also had an alternative alternative motivation and that was um, we were going through a bit of a, a hard time in that my husband was a pilot with Delta Airlines and Delta Airlines had gone bankrupt. And so I, everybody at that time, depending on where you were um, in seniority, some of you lost half, some of you lost more than that, some of you lost didn't lose that much. And so we were in one of the ones that lost quite a bit. And so I wanted to help out because we were so young um, and I'd never worked before. I'd been a stay-at-home mom. Of course, um, my husband was a pilot. And so I'm glad that I could be a stay-at-home mom because he was gone 60% of my life. Yeah. So I was glad for that. But then when this kind of happened, 
um, it sort of pulled the security rug out from under us. And so we literally had to roll up our sleeves and go back to work. Um, and so that's what we did. We had to reinvent ourselves um, because my husband had just barely retired from Delta Airlines. And so um, when you just get half of what you're counting on, then that's not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. So I said, what should I do? Um, I can go down to the outlets and get a job or go down to one of the malls or whatever and or, or do what I love doing, and that's baking bread. But um, it wasn't. My husband said, no, 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 no. He said, you need to stay home and write that book. You've always wanted to write. So that's what I did. I stayed home. I began writing the book 15 years ago. Four years later, it was published. Um, that's a whole nother story. How I met a publisher, it's quite a miracle. Um, I met her in the very beginning of the stages while I was publishing my book. And um, she uh, called me. Five months after I met her, and she said, "Hey, are had you have you found a publisher?" And I said, "Are you kidding me? I don't even have any queries out. I don't even have a first draft." And she said, "I would like to publish your book." And so that was a miracle. So here we were. I had a publisher. Here I was. I had a publisher, and so I had even more desire to quickly finish because she gave me a three month deadline at the time. So that is how I got started. Now, was anybody going to buy my book? So what I had to do um, at 52 old um, and never worked except for the very beginning um, out of high school. I was working before I got married um, at 19, married very young. I had my first baby at 21 and I was lucky enough to be able to stay home. Now we know that staying home is not a free pass. That's a ton of work. It's probably more work than even in the workforce because I've done both now. <laughs> yeah. but, um, it's, it's a tough job. So I was home for all those years, but I wanted to contribute financially at this time. So my book came out and, um, I, before it came out, I had to become the food nanny because that was the name that we had decided on. And, but it was something that I'd already been doing for over 30 years at that time, over 40 years now, um, well, 45 years now, but over 30 years at that time when I began, almost 30 years when I began writing my book, I had to go out and do what I had been doing. And that was helping my neighbors and friends um, figure out how to put dinner on the table because I had made up a meal plan seven years into marriage and I'd been using it and I didn't have a clue that it was going to become a lifestyle. So, that is how I began with my books, and then BYU TV called me and asked me to do um, a show with them. That was another miracle mm -hmm. to people taking a chance on me. So here um, I am today, 15 years later, still going around um, wherever possible, wherever I can go. Been been basically around Europe and. Um, different places, talking about the food nanny and, and helping families connect together um, who haven't been connecting together and helping them with their budget and helping them discover again that food is special and that possibly um, the connection and the conversation that goes on around the dinner table is possibly more important and I believe it is than even the food. And so here I am still talking about um, 
what my goal was way back when I began um, writing my book. And that goal was, was I wanted to bring families back to the dinner table. But I just didn't. I, I, I had more than that because I, I just didn't say, hey, look, everybody, um, it's, it's our duty and, and it's our responsibility as the caretakers of the home to bring our families around the dinner table. I had, I had a way to do it. And so it was not only that message, but it was also, look, I, I, I can show you how to do it. I've been doing it now for almost 30 years, um, now over 40 years. And so with all of this experience, I could give them um, my personal ex experience. And that was that my meal plan really worked. So I had tools for them as well as um, um, many, many articles to back up the back and much study. Um, much study has been done about it. Um, Columbus University was one of the biggest um, studies done on family meal time, and they discovered that if you eat together at least three meals a week as a family, you will have great, incredible success. Your children will have better grades. They will be less likely to um, take alcohol, smoke, or do marijuana. Um, they will be more prone to come to you when they have problems. Um, they will be more, more nutritionally sound. The list goes on and on and on. So food needs, as my, my rule of thumb is cook five nights a week, two days off. But in the beginning of my marriage, the first 22 years of my marriage, I hardly took a day off. I planned for seven meals because I never knew if I had the money to go out, never knew if my husband was home or if somebody was sick. So I always planned for seven, but I hoped that I could take at least one day off. Yeah. And that was either going to be Friday or Saturday night. So um, Friday night, because Friday night was pizza, that's what we did. So we tried to eat out at least once a week, but certainly that was not happening the first 20 years of marriage. So, but Food Nanny still says take five, cook five nights a week, take two days off. Bring a meal in if you can. Um, have a leftover night. Go out once or go or go out twice. We have to understand and and we all know and realize that we love our fast food. And we all know and realize that the average family is having fast food out. Um, well, um, I, I, I know I have a statistic that says five nights a week. Wow. Many families are eating out five nights a week. Um, I would like to think that hopefully that that's gone down. Um, right now, I, I hope that that statistic has gone down some because there are a lot of a lot more people who are more interested in better ingredients um, and more interested in cook, coming back home and cooking for their families. But... Um, we have um, a love affair here in this country with our favorite restaurants and our favorite foods, as do other countries. We're not alone in that. And so it's also fun and enjoyable to eat out. And so there's a place for, there's a place for all of it. There's even a place for um, um, some of those yummy Costco meals that you can buy, that you can bring in once a week. Um, there's a place for take-in, whether it be Italian or Chinese. Um, 
All of those are good ideas to help moms and dads take a break. So, um, what, what story did I want to share with you tonight? Because you specifically asked me about the story. I love stories. So, okay. So, one of the best stories that I have um, actually happened uh, in the late in the late 40s and um, it happened to my grandmother she was a, a hard 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 worker um, she was a beautiful wonderful woman who who worked and and worked very hard every single day of her life um, as we all do for our families and she had a little job she was the postal mistress. Um, that's what she was called back then. And she actually had the cutest little post office that they actually built for her and um, built it right on her property out in front of her home in a little southern Utah town. And so she was actually um, held that position for 49 years. Anyway, um, my grandmother was in the post office one day in this little teeny post office. I would say, um, probably 400 square feet, three three to 400 square feet, um, if any of you can picture that. It was wood floors, and it had a wood countertop and a, a wood kind of mantle that you could lean up against as you waited for grandmother to, to reach your mail for you out of your own little darling mailbox. Okay, so um, grandmother was in the post office one day, and she noticed a gentleman, a young gentleman about... 20, 21 years old, come into the post office. And of course, you know anyone that steps in because it's so tiny. And he stepped in and he looked around. And um, he kind of looked over the countertop and looked at grandmother. And she said, hello, can I help you? And he said, no, thank you. I was just, I just wanted to see basically what this place looked like, this little teeny darling post office. So he walked back out. And grandmother didn't think anything more about him. Later on that afternoon, um, mail came twice a day then. And so um, during the middle of the afternoon, she was in the house. It was a little bit cool now, um, the weather. And she was in the house and she was baking bread. And there came a knock at her door. And of course, in this little tiny town, she just yelled, come in, please come in. She had her hands full making homemade bread and homemade chili sauce, and so she was very busy. So um, someone opened the door, and they began walking toward her. And she really didn't look up or hardly notice until the person was literally um, almost to her. And she looked up, and she, she was shocked to see the face of this young man who had been in her post office earlier and the first words out of her mouth were you look hungry and that that is what came to her <laughs> it just came out of her mouth you look hungry and he stopped in his tracks and he stared at her and he he was so taken back she said please sit down here sit down here in this seat right here at her dining room table. Now she had a little kitchen and she had a little dining room right next to her kitchen and she offered him the seat right there at the head of the table. She said, please sit down. I will get you something to eat. And she said, 
what I can offer you is my homemade bread that's just coming out of the oven and my homemade chili sauce. And he looked at her and he said, would you mind frying me an egg? And she said, no, I would not. Absolutely. So she's, she got her little fry pan out and she began frying an egg, a couple of eggs for this young boy who looked so hungry and gave him lots of homemade bread and chili sauce. And she took it to the table and talked to him for a little bit, a minute. Um, not too much because she was busy and she was bottling chili sauce. And so she noticed that he was starving and he ate the food, but he was also very, very private. So before grandmother knew it, she had a little bit of a conversation with him back and forth, back and forth to doing what she was doing. Before she knew it, she looked up and he was gone. There was a door that was right there in her dining room and he had slipped out that door. And she thought, hmm, she went over to the door and she looked around. She didn't see anybody. He was gone. Okay. Grandma forgot about that story for years and years, a long time, a long, long time. Um, she really never thought about it much again until one day, um, years later, grandmother was not in the post office this day. And um, she was down doing errands and she had her daughter who was Ramona and she was in the post office. And a woman came in, um, a wonderful man with a big smile walked through the door and he came in and he said to my aunt Ramona, is the little lady, does, does she still work here in the post office? And she, she said, that would be my mother. And she's out doing errands today. And he said, oh my goodness, I was so hoping that I would run into her today. I was so hoping. He said, I wanted to come and, and talk with her today. But he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what happened to me years and years ago. But he said, first of all, I would like you to come out and meet my family. And they were out in a car just outside the post office on the side of the road. They are parked on the side of the road. Car full of kids and a beautiful wife. And he said, come out and please meet my family, which she did. And then this man with the car door open basically told the story to um, my Aunt Ramona. And he said, you know, I was in a terrible spot, a terrible position when I came in uh, to the post office that day to um, check out your grandmother in the post office. He said, I was looking for any cash that might possibly be around. And he said, I spotted a cash box. So he knew that that must be full of cash. And he said, I was so desperate. I was so desperate that I was going to go back, come back that afternoon when I knew your mother would probably be at home. And, and who knows, maybe she would be alone. And I could steal that money from her. And he said, I had every intention of doing whatever it took to get that money. Because he said, I had come a long way. I had traveled a long way and I was tired and I was hungry and I was desperate. And he said, I had every intention of hurting my mother. If, if your mother, if that's what it took. And he said, I walked through that door. And when I opened that door, the, the smell of homemade bread literally permeated my entire being. And it took me right back to my own grandmother 
and what a wonderful woman she was and how she used to make us that same homemade bread and that smell and it all came back to me and the closer I got to your mother I was not sure what I was going to do and when she looked up and said to me you look hungry he knew that he'd been saved and he sat down and he ate that food and he vowed then and there as he ate that food that he would leave and that he would change his life forever for good and he said I walked out the door that day and I went to the next nearest biggest town where I could find a job and he said I got myself a job and I got myself out of my pity pit and I got a life and he said look what I have today and he said it's all because of your mother now that was my grandmother that is one of my favorite all-time stories and why because it has to do with food hmm. because it was my mother and it was my grandmother's who gave me this gift of knowing that food can change lives food can create memories like nobody else you can't put a price on it you cannot put a price on else that come from your oven and the time that it takes to prepare this food you can't even put a price on it because the people that are enjoying it and loving it and appreciating it are creating memories in their own minds that are going to last forever and that's why this is one of the reasons that I became the food nanny. I wanted to share this with the world. And I wanted people to know and understand that if you have the desire to feed your family, all it takes is a desire. If you don't know how and you don't know where to begin, that's where we come in. I'm here to help. With all of my recipes, over 400 recipes in both of my books, we have an Instagram now that we do two lives a week. We we motivate, we help you. Now we have our products, our special grains, our special salts, and um, it, it's a lifestyle. My, my meal plan will become a lifestyle for you as it did for me, and my meal plan is in my books. Um, we teach it every week and um it will help you as as the caretaker of children because i believe that every child deserves a place to be at dinner i believe that and i believe that if we're a caretaker that is our responsibility if we doesn't have to just be on us when our kids get older they can help if we have a, a mate that can help us that's even better <laughs> and we can spread out the responsibility so that is my message, along with my mother and my dear grandmothers, that food can change lives. And if we make it a priority, these are the kind of memories, um, wonderful memories, unforgettable memories that we're going to create in our own families, whether you're a grandmother or a mother or an aunt or a best friend or a sister. Yeah. <laughs> Any role. Any role. Any role. So thank you so much, Janica, for having me. Anytime. And good luck on your mission in Belgium. If you aren't aware, she's headed out the door. 
Isn't that so cool that she gets to go and be with her husband for 18 months? I think that's so awesome. Maybe I can do that someday. So her daughter, Lizzy, will keep on going and be an awesome food nanny. And I'm sure her mother will chime in sometimes. And maybe next time I will grab Lizzie to tell us a story from her own life. I know this story impacted their family and I really enjoyed listening to it. So glad I got to put it up before she left. I am constantly trying to find other people willing to share their stories from their life. So if you or someone you know may be willing to share your story and share something to share with someone else who may be walking the same road as you someday, I would love to hear from you. Also, please come follow along. We'd love to have you be part of our storytelling community on Instagram at Strengthened by Stories. See you later.